You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 124. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about emotional eating. It is something that comes up a lot for my clients and just for people in general. I think we've all been there before. Now, maybe you don't know what emotional eating is. If you're a woman, sadly, I bet you do. For some reason, it definitely affects women more than men. However, I'm not going to say that men don't have emotional eating as well. So in this episode, we're going to dive down deep into emotional eating. We're going to talk about what's causing it, some of the triggers, what it is. And I want to give you 10 things that you can do to maybe limit or minimize some of the emotional eating that can happen. So we're going to get to all of that right after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. Today's Eagle's Eye on Health, we are going to be talking about an article that I just read from a professor that actually goes to UT, University of Texas at Austin. I live in Austin, so I'm a big UT fan. Well, according to this PhD professor, He is talking about, or I should say she, it says Renee, and Renee could be a girl or a guy, right? Uh, Just depends, but uh, I believe it's a she. And she is talking about how life partners can actually affect your weight loss. And what I mean by that is she's saying when people are cohabitating and they're trying to lose weight at the same time, right? So they live together, perhaps they're married or just dating, but they live together. They're in a relationship. They're trying to lose weight, or at least one of them is. Something can make it easier or harder depending on how this life partner is actually acting. So in a recent study published in Health Communication, Daily, which is the name of our PhD, examined the effects of encouragement, influence, and coercion when doled out by the partner in reference to the person who they're with, their weight loss, and their weight loss efforts. Now, an encouraging partner simply models healthy behaviors, they offer praise, while an influencer, they tend to push a little bit harder, always reminding the partner of his or her goals, the benefits of eating right, and on and on. A coercive partner employs judgmental behaviors, so they are the ones who maybe give a little more guilt or consequences, withdrawal, silence, maybe even eye-rolling. So those are three different ways that a partner might be playing into someone else's weight loss. Now, overall, Daly's research showed that people felt more successful in their efforts to lose weight when their partner used, what could you imagine, encouragement to motivate them. Influence, she noted, worked sometimes, but only when the person wanted his or her partner to be involved. For example, some, like some moms, they like their me time working out. They don't want their partner involved. Um, So they may or may not actually want that. 
And while it's not the fitness professional's job to get involved in couples communication, Daly does say it may be helpful to raise clients' awareness of the effects of this dynamic that they're having with their partner. Clients may think their partner will be this magic person who's going to know the right thing to say or do, but the partner might not know what the right thing is. And isn't that true in so many things in our life? We think our partner should know what to say, should know what to do, whether it's in relation to our weight loss goals or you know what we want for Valentine's Day. All these things we always assume the partner knows, but they don't. And often they just don't know what to say, what to do. And if you guide them, if you maybe tell them, yes, this helped me or this didn't in the way you talked to me about my weight loss, if you tell them what you need, it might help you in the long run reach your goals. So everyone's different. You know, sometimes I ask my clients as well, like, hey, do you want me to hold your hand right now or do you want me to tell it like it is? <laughs> because some people, they they need a softer approach and some people, they just want to hear it like it is. And everybody responds differently. So if you know what you like and if you're trying to lose weight and you feel like your partner is or isn't helpful, just communicate with them because it actually might help you be more successful. Okay, emotional eating. Let's get right into this very difficult topic for lots of people because it it really is something that happens to so many people. And when my clients tell me that they struggle with emotional eating, the very first thing I tell them is that they are not alone. And sometimes I actually think they're surprised, like they think they're the only one who's doing this. It is so common, and I think it it happens to everyone at some point in their life. I truly think it happens to everyone. Again, for some reason, definitely happens to women more than it happens to men. But I mean, even I would be lying if I said it never happened to me in the past, and it still happens to me sometimes today. So again, this is this is a normal thing. It does happen, but how can we figure out how to make it happen less or to get sort of a better grip on it? So I wanna talk about what it is, what triggers it, what we can do to help sort of limit it as best as possible. Even if we can't sabotage it altogether, maybe we can get a better grip on it. And yes, wouldn't you guess, I did make a freebie for this episode, or was I called the free TB. Um, If you haven't been listening to the last few episodes since the new year, I've been actually making some free downloads that go with the podcast episode. Why? Because so many of us are listening to these podcasts, me included, while in the car or on a run. We're we're not generally sitting down at a desk and listening to a podcast. And so sometimes I'm offering really great information and people started saying, I wish I had written it down. I I wish you'd post it somewhere. And so I'm trying to make sort of a checklist or some kind of PDF or whatever it relates to the podcast episode so that you can just go and print it later on. And so I did make a freebie for this episode and it is an awesome checklist for you the next time you might come across emotional eating. And I want you to have it printed and ready because I want you to go through this checklist before you might have a binge. Even if it doesn't stop you, it might 
slow you down. So you can get it now or you can get it at the end of the episode. It's at shockthatbody.com forward slash emotional. All right. And I'll say it again later. And I also post the links in the show notes. Show notes, if you don't know where they are, when you go to earnthatbody.com and you go to the podcast tab on top, there is a full listing of all my podcasts there. So if you've ever missed an episode, you can check them out there. And within that spot, each week, I will post a link to the freebie. So that's that's everything on the freebie. Okay, so getting into our emotional eating and, and what it is, basically, emotional eating is when you're sort of leaning on food in times of stress or even sadness. So you know that feeling when maybe your boss throws an extra project your way on a Friday afternoon and your gut reaction is, well, I better go grab that Snickers bar for this one. It's, or how about when you go on a date and he says he's going to call, but he doesn't, and you think, well, this bottle of wine and that bar of chocolate ought to fix it. Those are the kinds of things when we're we're leaning on food due to a stressor of some sort. And again, it could be that stressor from work that puts a lot of pressure on us. It could be, you know, I remember in college if I had to stay up all night and I wanted food to get me through it because that again, that 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 needing to eat something sweet and keep me up, making me feel better because I had so much studying and that was so much stress. That, that as well, relationships can often be a stressor of some sort and mean that we need to grab something. Now, I'm gonna give you a personal situation, all right? I'm gonna show you that I definitely struggled with this in my past. When I was in my 20s and I was single, I went through a definite down phase in terms of like a happiness. You know, I went, I don't want to say I was depressed, but I probably wasn't my happiest. I was coming off a broken engagement. I was engaged very young at like 21, too young. Thank God I didn't marry that one. Um, But I was coming off a broken engagement. And you know, those years after college, you're just sort of figuring out who you are. It was my first time living alone. And let's face it, I was... I was single and I wasn't really happy. I was been much happier if I'd had a boyfriend or someone to share my life with. And I remember nights. I lived in San Francisco. And I was if I was feeling lonely or depressed about something, I would say, "Oh, I'm going to go get the frozen yogurt." <laughs> now, anybody who knows me from back then, who lived in San Francisco knows the frozen yogurt I'm talking about. There was this frozen yogurt on Union Street, if you're familiar with the city, and it was so good. We used to say there must be crack in it, okay? Because you would literally like crave this stuff. Now, looking back, it probably had high fructose corn syrup in it, which is probably like crack, right? So we used to love this frozen yogurt. So if I was feeling blue, And I lived all the way in Fisherman's Wharf, which isn't that far, but I had to get in my car and go over to Union Street to get the yogurt because the yogurt was gonna make me feel better, right? And so I would go over there and it was this delicious like vanilla. And then I would put chocolate sprinkles in it to give it that crunch so you had the texture and the flavor. You know where I'm going. It was awesome. And I would start driving around the block because if anybody's lived in San Francisco, they know there's nowhere to park. And I'm already feeling depressed, and I'm already using this 
this yogurt to make me feel better. And now I can't find a parking spot. And I used to literally think to myself, oh, if only I had a boyfriend, then he could drive around the block and I could get out of the car and run in. And everybody who has a boyfriend right now, they can get yogurt. And I'm single and I can't because I can't get a darn parking spot. Well, I would literally circle until someone finally gave up a parking spot. And then I'd go and I'd get my yogurt. And I would eat it. And I probably got a bigger size yogurt if I had to circle for even longer because I was just even more angry at all the happy couples that walked into the yogurt store together, right? And so basically you see how that emotional situation led me to get this yogurt with all the toppings on it and an extra size. And you know what? Afterwards, I always felt full and bloated and guilty and bummed and I never felt really any better. Well, that's emotional eating at its finest, right? And I was probably my heaviest at that point in life, which I think is also very normal. In your years that you're not super happy, you're not always at your most fit, right? And there's sort of a cycle that goes with that. But emotional eating can definitely hinder weight loss. So if you are someone struggling with weight loss, and back then I was because I wanted to be fit, but I kept doing a lot of emotional eating. And so it hinders that weight loss. And when we have emotional eating, let's face it, we tend to eat too much. We generally eat high sugar or a lot of alcohol or both. And it can spiral pretty badly, right? Um, Like I already ate this and so I may as well eat the whole pie because I already ate bad. So, okay, forget it. Forget the one slice. I'm gonna eat the whole pie and I'll just start over tomorrow. You know that cycle? It goes on and on. So what's the good news? Well, you can take steps to get back on track, to get back that control to help you with your weight loss, to help you feel better, and to not feel so out of control. Because that's, I think, what I didn't like, is like I felt like I couldn't control it. But honestly, you can control it, but you have to be very aware of what's going on. So the first thing you need to do is you really need to recognize what sets you off. And it's different for everyone, right? That stressor that sets you off is literally different for everyone. And you also need to realize that you're eating the sweets and usually this comfort food in these times to try and dull the negative emotions like the stress and the sadness, the anger, the loneliness. So I really want you to start engaging and recognizing what's happening this next time you think you're gonna have an emotional binge. Recognize what is the stressor, what is the feeling you want to make go away. And it's just you, you don't have to have this talk out loud. So if you can't be honest with yourself, who can you be honest with, right? So I just want you to start to recognize these feelings that might come up the next time you feel this happening. Now, what kind of stressors might set you off? It could be that work stress, it could be the relationship, it could be financial problems, like you get a credit card statement and that leads you to eat a Snickers bar. Um, It could be family situations, or what about when you have like an upcoming event or a project that maybe you have to present and you're feeling a lot of nerves for that? All of those things can be stressors. And often we get in such a groove or cycle with this type of emotional eating that we don't even recognize that we're doing it. 
Like someone in your family starts raising their voice at a holiday dinner and you start grabbing for the third piece of cake. Like it goes hand in hand. You feel family stress, you grab another piece of cake. It's almost not, it's like a subconscious thing that starts to happen for some people. And I should note that some people do the opposite of emotional eating in these stressful times. Some people don't eat anything and they can be a total, that can be a totally different issue in terms of weight loss. Like they end up losing a lot of weight under stress and that's like a whole separate issue. So some people eat when they have emotional stress and some people can't eat anything. So this is this topic is more about the people who are eating due to the emotional stress. And right now all of you are thinking, I would rather be the person who didn't eat <laughs> and lost all the weight. But it's a separate issue and it, it, it's not good for them either. Um, but, but again, we're talking about people who are leaning on the food during the stressful times. Now, the vicious cycle that starts to happen is you have the stressor, so you eat the bad food, then I can almost guarantee you, you feel full, bloated, guilty, the next day you get on the scale, you've gained weight, so now you feel depressed and you eat more bad food because now you're upset about gaining weight. So you go right back into, I don't feel happy, so I'm gonna lean on more food. And it's a cycle that can keep on going. So a lot of you right now are probably shaking your head going, yep, I've totally been there. Yep, I did it today. Yep, I did it yesterday. Yes, I can see that this keeps happening in my life. And the thing is awesome. Because if you're that person who's recognizing it right now, I feel like you're the person I can help. Because you're recognizing it, you're open to it, and you probably want to change it. Now, not everybody wants to change. You have to understand, some people do not want to change. Whether they realize it or not, some people like to hold on to this to protect themselves. But if you're someone who does emotional eating, you know you do it and you do want to change, I think that these next 10 steps can definitely help, okay? Now it's not gonna happen overnight, but if you follow these steps, you might be amazed at how you start to undo some of these habits. And Again, I'm putting it all in the checklist for you so you don't have to write it down right now. You can just download the checklist and just listen right now and just be present in listening to each step. So the first thing that you might wanna do if you suffer from emotional eating is you might want to get some kind of spiral notebook or something where you can write a little food diary out when you're about to have an emotional eating situation. So if you know, oh my God, this just happened. I wanna go eat those donuts. I'm going to go get my food diary first. And I'm gonna write down everything I want to eat. I, I really wouldn't use like the online lose it app. It's not, it's not that kind of food diary. I just want you to list everything that you're about to eat, okay? And, and look at it and write it down and have it. And then I want you to write down next to your donuts and your pie or whatever it might be, I want you to write down all the emotions right now that you're feeling. I feel depressed, I feel angry, I feel lonely, I feel nervous, whatever the negative stress is, I want you to write it down, okay? And then I want you to just look at it, sit with it, feel it, and if you want to eat it at that point, go ahead and eat it. Okay, 
right off the bat, just writing it down may slow you down. After you've eaten it, if you've gone that far, I want you to go back to your notebook. Promise me you'll do this part. Go back to your notebook and now write what emotions you feel. Did it make you feel happy? Did it fix any of your problems? Or do you feel worse? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel bloated? Do you have a stomach ache? Whatever it is you feel, I want you to write it down. Now, this step is the hardest part because most people go, well, I already did the damage. I'm not going back to the notebook. The notebook didn't help me. No, it's really important. Go back to the notebook. You wrote what you were going to eat. You wrote how you felt before you ate it. Now write how you feel after you ate it. Generally, how you felt after you ate it is still not good. And then the next day, just go ahead and look at that notebook. And just to remind yourself, it didn't fix anything. It didn't make you feel better. It probably made you feel worse. Again, these are things to just start to break habits and to make you realize what's going on. It just might hold you back the next time. So do that fully, that food diary with those three steps, writing down what you're gonna eat, how you feel before you eat it, how you feel after you eat it. That's step one. The next thing that you can do is I want you to think about attacking the stress and not attacking yourself. So where is the stress coming from? How can you limit the stress? Like, is it work that's killing you? What can you do about that? Are you in an unhealthy relationship? What can you do about that? Uh, If you keep sitting in a pool of stress and you keep doing nothing to ever get rid of it or work on it or fix it or resolve it, that's a tough life ahead, right? I mean, I always say like, I think life is hard enough. So if you have all these additional stressors and stressful times, it's just, it makes life so much harder, right? Stressful times happen. I mean, that's normal. So there's certain stressful things that are that are definitely normal in life. Like say there's a death in the family, you know, that, that happens and it is going to hit you. And maybe you do have emotional eating when that happens. And that's, that's part of life. And then you move on. This, we're talking about the stressors that are creating that constant emotional eating, like weekly or monthly or this pattern that you see. And so those are the stressors that I want you to ask yourself, how can you start working on the stress? How can you start to eliminate it? And, and it might be that you need some major change in your life. Like if your work is always stressing you out, and I mean always stressing you out, then you might want to look for a new job because life is really too short to always be stressed out. If you're in a very stressful relationship, I'm not telling you to get a divorce or, or break up, but I'm telling you maybe you need to go to therapy with your partner or do something to start working on it because if you don't start working on that stressor, I can promise you it's never going to go away. And it's a lot easier to get rid of the stressor than the emotional eating sometimes. So think about that. Now, number three, I want you to remove all temptations. <laughs> Okay, remove temptations from the house. What do I mean? If you have all your favorite sweets in the house, the cookies, the red vines, that's what it would be for me, um, candy, whatever your go-to is, it should not be in the house. Like I do not have that stuff in the house because even I would eat it. Like in the smallest stress, I would go and grab the red vines. 
So I always say, why is it even in the house? Like it shouldn't even be in the house. Most people aren't going to leave the house and go get the frozen yogurt like I did in my 20s, okay? But obviously it does happen. But honestly, if it's in the house, you are more likely to grab it. If it's not in the house, you might find something else that's not quite so bad to grab. Now, if you're gonna tell me, but my kids eat those cookies and they want the candy and blah, blah, blah. Well, you can do what I do. When my sister sent me an entire tub of red vines from Costco, which I thought I was gonna die, because I can't have it in the house because I know myself, I'll eat it and I don't want to. So it's just easier to remove the temptation, but my son wanted it. So I said, Charlie, if you want it in the house, you have to hide it from me. I cannot see it every time I walk by the cabinet. Okay. So if there's a temptation in your house that your kids or your husband or your wife has to have, tell them they have to hide it. Put it in a different area where you cannot find it. So remove the temptations. Number four, I want you to recognize, check in, and move on. What do I mean by that? Recognize if you had an emotional eating situation. Check in with how you felt about it, which kind of goes with the journaling, right? With your food diary. And move on. There's no point. You don't have to judge yourself. You don't have to add more negative by feeling bad about yourself and, oh, you did a bad job and, oh, you failed and, oh, no. You're going to recognize it, you check in about it, how did it make you feel great, and then you move on. We don't need to make it a stressor in itself. Just move on. Number five, I want you to ask yourself, when the stressor happens and you go to food, are you bored eating? Are you hungry? Are you actually hungry? Are you bored or are you stressed? Like, Check in with what kind of eating you're actually doing. Because sometimes, like I was saying, when I would go in college and I was studying and I would go to food, it was kind of like the bored eating to keep me going. Well, ask yourself that before you eat. You're going to have an emotional situation. Are you actually hungry? Are you bored eating? What is it? What type of eating? Again, sometimes just recognizing you're like, no, I'm completely full right now, but I really want to have that cake. I mean, you're completely full. You know you're gonna be sick if you eat it, if you're completely full, right? So again, it just might be one more thing that slows you down. Number six, action distraction. What is that? Instead of going to the food, I want you to think now and have a plan. Do you have a favorite magazine that you can always grab in your stressful situation? Could you go for a walk? So if you're at work and you're like, ugh, I can't believe that just happened. Could you go out for five minutes and get some fresh air instead of going into the kitchen for the candy bin? Could you call a friend and get it off your chest? Because sometimes that really helps. Some people, maybe pick up your phone and get on a video game. I won't tell you to do that very often, but honestly, if it distracts you from emotional eating, go for it. Maybe a book as well. Anything to distract you. And I like to say, have the plan now. So if you know you fall into these emotional times, these emotional eating, have your plan. Get a magazine literally that you love and go put it away. Don't read it now. Save it for the time you know you're going to need it. Have a book for the same thing. Okay, action, distraction. Number seven, I want you to think about swapping the emotional food for something like a hot cup of tea. Okay, now I really like to swap for the hot tea and I like you to go buy a hot tea that's 
just for these times. So part of my program and Earn That Body in the 10-week program, I make all my clients go get a hot cup of tea. Not a hot cup, I should say. A box of tea that sounds soothing and yum to them. Just yummy. Like they go and you know, you look at the boxes and they're all different flavors and whatnot. And I want you to go and pick one and put it in the cabinet just for these times. Okay. Again, it's kind of like the magazine that's just for these times. You're only going to have this tea when you're about to have one of those binge sessions because you want to emotionally eat. You're going to go to the tea. You're going to swap it for the food, or at least you're going to sit down with this hot cup of tea and relax, drink the whole thing, relax. Then if tell yourself, if you still want to eat the pie after, that's fine but you're gonna sit and relax with your tea first because often by the time you're done, you've settled yourself down and you don't actually need the the food, okay? Again, it's all about slowing down, changing habits. Number eight, if you could meditate for five minutes. So if you tell yourself, I really, I'm gonna eat the pie, but I'll, I'll meditate for five minutes because Kim told me if I meditate for five minutes first and then I still want the pie, then I can have it. Go get your app out. I'm a big fan of the Headspace app. Put on a five-minute meditation. See if it calms you down. If you still want the pie, have it, but try to meditate first. Number nine, I want you to get back on track with your very next meal, not the next day. This is a big one. If you slip and fall, I want you to get right back up. I don't want you to stay down the rest of the day and night because that's like another five pounds that you could put on right there. So you ate the cookie and then you ate two more and then you could either be done and get back on track now, your very next meal, or you can throw in the towel and say, well, I already ate three cookies. I may as well have the ice cream later, go to In-N-Out Burger because the, the whole day is ruined. The whole day is not ruined. You had some cookies, you had some sweets. It's done the next meal you get back on track, not the next day. And then the last thing would be therapy. A lot of people need therapy. I am pro-therapy. I have said it before and I will say it again. There's nothing wrong with getting help if the stress is killing you, right? and you cannot stop the emotional eating, and you're feeling overwhelmed, and it's just too much, get some professional help, all right? If you've tried all these self-help options and you still can't control the emotional eating, consider therapy with a mental health professional. There's nothing wrong with it. Therapy can help you understand why you eat emotionally and help you with more coping skills like the ones I'm trying to give you, but maybe at a deeper level. Therapy can also help you discover whether you have an eating disorder, which also could be connected to emotional eating. So never be afraid of therapy. Therapy is great. I believe in everyone should go to therapy at least once in their life. It's so important. Now, truly, I want you to focus on the positive changes I want you to focus on any positive change that you can make with these 10 steps. If you just did one of them, I want you to be proud of yourself. Even if it's not 100% all the time, no one can do this all the time. But when you do, I want you to recognize how good it feels that you took a little bit of control, that you had a little bit of control before you fully gave in, all right? The race, you know, it's like a marathon. 
it's hard. It's hard the whole time before you hit that finish line, right? And and so emotional eating, like you have that stressor, that's like your marathon, you're going through the race. If you can just get to the finish line, it's such a big deal. You should you should commend yourself. You should pat yourself on the back, even if you had to crawl. It doesn't matter, okay? Just get to the finish line. Just know that you can do this. You can, and only you can. And that should make you feel good, quite honestly. Only you can control this. Thank God no one else can control you. You can. To me, that's very empowering, okay? Empower yourself, people. And again, it's normal, it happens, but let's see if you can get through it. Like, I don't emotionally eat anymore. That once in a while, yes, for sure. But it's really not a problem. I have worked on it and it takes work. So again, I have the freebie for you. I call it a free TB, get it, ETB, free TB. And you can download it at shockthatbody.com forward slash emotional. And it's a little checklist for you that maybe will help you the next time you're going to go through that. I always, I've been telling people, get a little notebook for all my little freebie downloads and put it in the notebook because it's definitely, this one is definitely a really good one to have. Um, you'll be able to go through each point on this checklist before you maybe dive into those M&Ms, right? The next time you have stress and maybe it's going to stop you. Maybe it's going to slow you down. Maybe it's going to help empower you to realize that you absolutely got this. Okay, everyone. Thank you for being a loyal listener. If you love the show, if you love the podcast, I would love a rating and review on iTunes. I'm almost at 100 ratings and reviews. You have no idea how hard that is to get, but I'm not there yet. So if you could give me a rating or review on iTunes, it is so appreciated. Thank you so much. Have an awesome week. And remember, if that stress hits you, I want you to stay calm and carry on. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com. Or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.